All right, so let's talk a little bit about the markets here. Welcome to Bull Bear Radio. Market pricing is nuts. Each week, we catch up with WBI's experts, Matt and Don Schreiber. Down 77%. You know what you need to recover from that? A miracle. WBI brings you wealth building market insights. Hello, everyone. It's Monday, March 1st, and welcome to episode 98 of Bull Bear Radio. Today, Bull Bear Radio is brought to you by Psy, where human advice is paired with machine-optimized portfolios to meet your client needs. I hope everybody's doing well out there. I have Don Schreiber and Matt Schreiber with me today. Matt, as we usually do, would you care to Kind of give us a snapshot of last week. We uh, had a little bit of a tumble on Friday, and it looks like today, on Monday, the market forgot all about what was going on on Friday. Yeah, so, uh, you know, last week, uh, indexes hit a bit of a rough patch. Generally speaking, gave up a couple percentage points. And as we sit here today, the S&P 500 now with, you know, today's price action up, about 2% on the day. Uh, we, we've got 4% year-to-date return here. It's it's looking like total return, 3.88% on price. 3.88% on price. Dow's up 3%. NASDAQ's up 5.44%. Uh, actually up 3% today. So rebounding after, you know, having a couple of rough days last week. You know, highs year-to-date on the S&P, uh, almost 10%. So, you know, it's been a real roller coaster. The 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 uh, S and P in the market doesn't seem to be able to catch some uh, uh, tailwind here. You know, it keeps going up. You then know, it goes down. Then it goes up. Then it goes down. You know, what has got a tailwind. Value, again. So ninety seven episode ninety seven. We were talking about this. This hasn't changed today, right? You have uh, large cap growth up two point five percent. Large cap values up 2.3%. So, I mean, pretty good. But the the winner on the day is actually Russell 2000 value up 3.37% so far. And uh, 2000 growth actually up a really solid 3.34%. So really what's running is the small caps and value, you know, across the board. Yeah. Value over the last uh, month up seven on the, on the large side and 10% on uh, the 2000 side of the equation, 1000 growth up 25 basis points. Yeah. If you haven't made a switch in your thinking, the value small and mid cap company rally going on right here in front of us and folks, you want to be investing for what comes next. Now what's behind us, what's behind us is the growth momentum fang trade that's been running into some trouble lately. And while that may do okay, the value small and mid cap stocks are what's going to really rock and roll with the stimulus and eventually possibly wait for it. Infrastructure. Yeah, actually, you know, $2 trillion is what was floated over the weekend by the Biden administration. So $2 trillion as a follow on to the $1.9 trillion 
of stimulus. So $2 trillion, at least in infrastructure spending coming to Congress near you. Hey, you know, we talk about these numbers, you know, like $2 trillion is is no big deal anymore. I mean, we're talking about some humongous, humongous numbers, really big. And so, uh, you know, it should make a dent in really uh, accelerating the economy. Uh, People are out there worried about inflation. I think we're a little early on inflation. What do you think, Rick? You know, it's been, what, 19, uh, I believe 1985 uh, was when last the CPI hit 3%. uh, And we've been, you know, down in the the low twos and the twos. Uh, You know, I think there is some risk that we could see uh, inflation slowly creeping up on us. Uh, it wouldn't be a surprise given the amount of debt burden that we're taking on. Uh, but I don't know if necessarily that's a bad thing. I, I, I'm old school. I remember when CPI included energy, housing, uh, everything. And uh, you know all of that is factored out of it. And I just know myself, when I go to the grocery store, prices keep going up and up and on certain products, uh, even more than uh, the two, two and a half percent we've been cruising at. Yeah. It's not like a, a, a gallon of milk in New Jersey, like $8. No, no, it's seriously like for certain like organic brands, it's like six bucks a gallon or something like that. Well, I still haven't figured out why Kroger has skim milk at three twenty nine, And then you look at the bottom shelf and it's still good dated, very good dated. Uh, and it's $2 and 19 cents. I buy the 219. Sounds like a good idea. Here you can't get much for for under 3 bucks a gallon. I mean it's 3 bucks a gallon. Yeah, you know the the inflation uh curve is going to take some time for it to really build, you know. We might see a jump around in the numbers, you know, a little bit higher, a little bit lower. Uh well, I think like it's going to take said, let it jump. Let yeah, it jump. I think it's going to take a couple of years for us to build a base for it to of, be pervasive. Uh real price increase that would cause a broadening of inflation and, you know, that you have to start worrying about maybe that's, you know, two, three years out. This is not today's problem, folks. Today's problem is to get the economy rolling, get that pandemic behind us, baby. That That's what we're looking for. Well, Don, do you have any thoughts? I mean, the numbers for GDP in the fourth quarter, I think we're, were better than a lot of people expected. I mean, I think it came in around 4% and they're estimating that first quarter, uh, we could see five, 5.2, 5.5%. That's gonna get us pretty close to where we were before. Uh, We've got a lot of positive things, short term, Uh, you know, the vaccine rollout, the new Johnson and Johnson single dose, Uh, They're saying that 60% of the people will be inoculated by June uh, and that herd immunity uh, could be achieved by July. You know, you couple that with the stimulus, uh, the reduction in positive tests, I think the last two weeks, uh, 21% decline. It's a lot to be positive about. Uh, Do we see that continuing or is there a speed bump out there somewhere uh, that we haven't been thinking about yet. Well, there's no doubt in my mind that there's a reconciliation, you know, uh, 
something's going to happen at some point in time to cause uh, a, a revaluation of the market. You know, you can't have a 44 uh, trailing PE on the S&P 500 forever. You know, this thing just isn't, you know, I, I don't believe that that's going to happen. I do believe that at some point in time, you know, we're going to get all of the uh, stimulus and good news behind us. And when the Fed and the, and the, if the stimulus stops at the federal level and the Fed stops pumping uh, the economy and starts pumping the brakes, we're going to see a big change in market dynamics. And, you know, that may not be for a couple of more years. This thing could continue to float. You know, hey, Rick, you know, I was thinking, uh, you, you'll remember this, 1987, baby. In 1987, I had a, I was- Don a, says baby a lot today. It's like, I had hey, a, baby, let's- I had a <laughs> uh, financial planning practice and uh, we were managing money for clients and looking for good opportunities at the sector level, you know, and what I did in August of uh, 1987, I wrote a letter to every single one of my clients. Yeah, baby. And I said, I think that the markets are overvalued. This thing is going to come apart and we need to, you know, uh, raise some cash here. Be careful. And a lot of my clients watching, you know, the indexes go higher and higher and higher at that time just weren't willing to believe mm -hmm. that the markets could go down. I think we're in a very similar situation. The markets have been going up for so long that people just don't believe that there's any gravity under these markets. And you know, the hard thing for an advisor is when you get this good news, like you were just talking about, how long could this last? You can start convincing yourself that the risk of a correction has gone away. And you know something? I started to believe that. And then October of 1987 rolled around. And in two days, the S&P 500 fell by 30%. Can happen. You know, and it's never different. It's not different this time. It's never different. It just hasn't happened yet. But I do believe that we're going to get a continuation of the market uh, wanting to move higher expectations are extremely high. Everybody is investing. It's a very speculative kind of a investor psyche right now, you know, and as long as it looks like it's easy, investing is easy. People are going to continue to try to climb onto, you know, uh, 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 stocks that are flying and, you know, we won't see the, uh, the, the people in pain until the musical chairs stop. And then, you know, person standing there, they got the last chair at the party and that's a bad deal. Kind of similar to what happened with, um, uh, you know, the wall street bets crowd and, um, you, you know, know, GameStop, GameStop, you know, mm -hmm. it looked really hot. It went up to $400 a share and then it went back to 60 bucks a share. There were a lot of people that were buying it up there in the, uh, you know, the nosebleed area. And then they got their face ripped off. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Don's right. PE multiple S and P 500. We're talking about 43.74% through the end of February there. One thing that's really shocking, the yield on the S and P 500, 1.5% lowest it's been in a real long time, right? A year ago it was 2.05%.
So some people that are, uh, you know, counting on dividends are going to be shopping elsewhere for dividends and it ain't going to be in the S and P 500. Do, 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 do. Sounds like 1999 to me, folks. Yeah, baby. Same thing happened. Yields collapsed because prices were rocking higher. And, you know, one of the things that somebody told me is, you know, don't get insane about investing. You need to have some, uh, sober thinking around that, you know, be careful with your money. And, you know, uh, sober thinking is all about soundness of mind. You've got to keep your wits about you. This market could be a real lot of fun for the next year or two. And it couldn't, you know, we could see a speed bump in here. Anything could cause it to, to uh, run into trouble. Mm -hmm. Well, your, your comment about 87, it, it, very interesting because we had a, a longer way to get that 30% decline in the first quarter of 2020. And what can an investor do uh, so that they don't get whipsawed by you know, these types of corrections? They panic, they get out. They're not sure when it's time to come out of the hidey hole. And all of a sudden we've seen how correct, quickly uh, everything corrects. Uh, is there any you know, words of wisdom you could share with our investors out there? Sure, I mean, you know, this, this uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out on return is what drives people to get out on the uh, edge of the cliff when it comes to risk, right? And really what you want to do in a hot market where return sets are high. I mean, last year, the S&P was up 18%. That's a whopping rate of return. You know, people get to think if this is easy, 18% returns are like normal. They're not. Right. The average rate of return on the S&P 500 over the last 20 years is like 6%. So these are big returns. And what you want to do is you want to find out, you know, have a gut check. If you got a million dollars invested, decide right now, if you went down 10% or a hundred thousand in cash, and you watch your account fall. Can you hold is 200,000? Can you hold? At some point in time in here, 300,000. Everybody's got enough. Everybody's got a point at which they say, uh uh, man, I can't stomach that. I'm going to bail on my investment. You got to find that spot. And, and all they have to do is identify what that spot is and build around and it. build a portfolio that gets a good rate of return with a lower amount of risk. That's what a 60-40 blended portfolio is all about. And it ain't dead. The 60-40 ain't dead. I don't think it is. No, I mean, we had a 60-40 portfolio, you know, uh, uh, last year. We had a good year with 60-40s. Yeah, 60-40s did pretty good. They did pretty good. Better relative than, to better than your average bear. Better than your average bear. And by the way, we're not saying you need to invest in the 60-40 portfolio right now. We're recommending a specific one, so... You know, if you want one, you, you can go out there and find one. And if you want to give us a call and we can help you with that. Well, if I hear what you're saying, it, the underlying theme is invest rationally with some forward thinking to where you want to be and where you need to be and understand how much loss or risk you're willing to tolerate. And if you do that, you know, there are no guarantees, obviously, but you're going to fare better in the long run uh, if you go into this with reasonable expectations. Uh, question for Matt, uh, dividends 
have fallen out of favor or value stocks where you tend to find very attractive dividends. Uh, is some of this rebound or uh, rally that is occurring in that space a function of, I need income, I need yield, uh, I want to be able to diversify my very, very tired bond portfolio and, and, and try to get a little bit more income. Is there any of that going on? I think to a certain extent, there's uh, a repositioning, but I think it's a larger repositioning, as Don was saying, to the stuff that people think is going to do well. Uh, value, industrials, materials, you know, technology will still do okay. It depends, you know, for example, like semiconductors, where you have a shortage of semiconductors, uh, semiconductors will do well. Am I confident that Facebook's going to rule, you know, the world? Eh, not so much, right? So, you know, I think. Like you're saying, there's a couple of uh, factors at hand here. One is people are trying to go to where they think is going to do better from a return perspective. And at the same time, it's pretty beneficial from a cash flow perspective for the, the people principally that uh, a lot of this money is being invested for. Now you have better price appreciation prospects. But at the same time, I'm getting paid maybe better to wait here in industrials, materials, energy, and some of the stocks that have been underloved come with huge dividends at the moment. You know, one of the things that's happening is uh, the smart money, if you call it that, um, the professional investors uh, on the street are rotating to the value side of the trade mm -hmm. and away from the overvalued growth and momentum side of the trade. And so there's a lot of money chasing, you know, these uh, more value and dividend oriented plays. And that's a good thing. Uh, to keep an eye on, you know, uh, return sets tend to be best uh, where the money is going. And so if you follow the money, uh, you know, it's it's pretty good. But I, I'd yep. like to come back to what Rick was saying about how to invest. You know, one of the things that we said at the top of this thing is, you know, this is this is a, 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 a bull bear radio segments brought to you by Cy. But what size objective is, is to actually help an advisor and a client determine what their loss profile is, what that breakaway loss profile is, what their required rate of return to get to their retirement goals, the real number, right? So that they can then have a rational approach to benchmarks for success. How much loss I'm willing to take? What's the return that I need to get to my uh, goals in retirement? How much income I need, et cetera. And then build a portfolio to meet those two goals, right? Psi mathematically optimizes portfolios to risk and return. And that's what it's all about. This idea of investing in, you know, a conservative, moderate or aggressive portfolio is really only looks okay in a bull market, in a bear market, people get too much risk and too much loss because they're not sure what that really means. Yeah. You always hear this concept of the all weather portfolio, like it's supposed to be good when the market's going up and when it's going down. Well, you know, that's just taking a very well-balanced approach to what you're doing. And really the center of that though, is what are your needs as Don said. So you have to try and build portfolios, you know, that meet your needs. And I think, you know, the, the concept of conservative, moderate, aggressive, is tired. You can do so much better when you use math in our opinion. Yeah. Well, it's time to get personal uh, with folks, you know, and to solve 
you know, their specific goals. And I think by doing so, they get to it's a math have equation, a, have a chance to, you know, do a better job for themselves. Yep. It's like, you know, right now, the markets, we, we, you know, we're fond of saying, you know, sometimes the mar markets make investing look easy, mm -hmm. right? That's like getting on a, a commute commuter train, right? And you get the commuter train up to 40 miles an hour, and it hasn't come off the tracks. So, you know, the engineer decides that he wants even more speed or more return in this case, in terms of investing in the market, and they go up to 60 miles an hour and it still hasn't come off the tracks. So, you know, if you keep chasing high return sooner or later, you're going to have a train wreck too much speed, right? And the more risk you take to get that high rate of return, just like if you were going 80 miles an hour and the train came off the tracks, that's a bad deal that's going to leave a mark that, you know, is a full out fail in terms of investing. And that's what we try to prevent people from doing. Is there speaking and addressing this whole concept of, of managing your loss and your risk, is there a standard rule of thumb in your almost 40 years in this business, Don uh, and Matt, you know, your 20 plus years that, a time horizon, a window that becomes the most meaningful? Is it to peg it to a calendar year or is the loss the number? I mean, it's so visceral. If it happens in a quarter and you hit it, then you've got to react. Uh, uh, or is, is it more customizable than that? I, I think it comes down to you as an investor. How do you feel, right, uh, in regards to loss? Are you patient? Um, you know, you, you hit a certain threshold and if it's around that number, are you okay? And will you wait for it to come back? That's kind of like setting that benchmark around maybe the worst calendar year loss or worst rolling four quarters would be maybe a metric that you look at, which would be the wor worst rolling calendar year. Essentially it, it just rolls over a calendar year potentially. But if you're real sensitive, then you want to start looking at maximum drawdown. Maximum drawdown is a much more sensitive potential uh, gauge of loss. And that can be calculated in a variety of ways. But typically uh, that is as an industry standard, if you're using a Morningstar or something of that nature, that'd be a quarterly or maybe a monthly number. So worst quarter to quarter drawdown or worst month to month drawdown. And depending on whether you, you know, you're patient and you understand investing and you don't have that fear of missing out and you can kind of, yeah, it hurts, but I can stick with my plan and I understand my plan. And I understand how I'm allocated. Maybe something like a worst calendar year or worst four quarters is your, your, your speed. Whereas, you know, if I'm really, I hate losing money and I'm really nervous when I get to this point uh, of loss, then you want to maybe build your portfolio around a worse drawdown. You know, my experience, uh, the, if you're in retirement and you're taking uh, withdrawals, you have to be very careful about losing money because just like, uh, you know, compounding is a very powerful force when you're growing assets and you're not taking income. When you're taking income, you can you can enforce compound liquidation, which is where people really get in trouble and their portfolios fail them. Right. So uh, one of the things you want to do is minimize loss, be willing to give up high return to minimize loss and to get good returns. 
that's what you really want to do when you get into retirement or you're close to retirement. You know, we don't believe that even if you're young, it pays to take more than a 20% loss because we've looked at the mathematics of up market returns, the bull market returns. And the mathematics of bull market returns are very strong as long as you can minimize or limit your loss to about 20% of capital. When you lose 50% of capital, which is your normal bear market decline, it, the, the up market returns are not strong enough for you to get your money back and get your targeted rate of return uh, you know, over your uh, uh, life cycle. So you know, this is what's important. And people don't really understand that. And the industry, I think, does a bad job of really educating people on some of these really basic, fundamental things that are absolutely critical to understanding about investing. So just on a, a before we we finish up here today, Rick, I just got an email in and I wanted to let our listeners know, not only are we available on iTunes and Google Play and SoundCloud, but uh, and 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 tune in. But we've just made it at Bull Bear Radio onto Spotify. So if you listen to uh, podcasts, uh, Bull Bear Radio is now available also on Spotify. Well, that is very very good news. Uh, you know, Matt and Don, thank you so much for today. Uh, we've covered a lot of information. Next episode, episode ninety nine, we're going to bring back. Saturday Night Live's point counterpoint to conclude the episode where we're going to ask Don and Matt to take opposing views on what we feel will be a very, very interesting topic. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. Uh, all of you be safe, stay healthy, and uh, tune your dial to Spotify now to check out Bull Bear Radio. Thank you much. Be safe. Past performance does not guarantee future results. The views presented are those of the podcast participants and should not be construed as investment advice. Podcast participants or clients of WBI may own stocks discussed in this recording. All economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. This is not an offer to buy or sell any security. No security or strategy, including those referred to directly or indirectly, is suitable for all accounts or profitable all of the time, and there is always the possibility of loss. You should not assume that any discussion or information provided here serves as a substitute for personalized investment advice from WBI or any other investment professional. If you have questions regarding the applicability of specific issues discussed to your individual situation, please consult with WBI or your chosen professional advisor. This information is compiled from sources believed to be reliable. Accuracy cannot be guaranteed. WBI's advisory operations services and fees are in the form ADV available upon request. You are not permitted to publish, transmit, or otherwise reproduce this information in whole or in part in any format to any third party without the express written consent of WBI Investments, Inc.